Welcome to Listen by Jean Ginsberg. This audio experience and podcast is all about social media, digital marketing, entrepreneurship, and interviews with top entrepreneurs in the digital and social space. I'm your host, Jean Ginsberg, digital marketing expert, number one best-selling author, and award-winning entrepreneur. I will be sharing with you strategies, tips, and tactics on how to grow your business and your social media following. Thanks for listening. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode. Very excited to be here. We have a special guest, Samantha De Gennaro. I was like trying to make sure I butcher your name on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yes, thank you so much for being here. Uh, we always love to give our audiences a little bit of context. You know, there's always guests on our show. So it's like, who who is the guest today and what's their you know, where are they coming from? So yeah, to share a little bit about your background, kind of where, what you were up to before you start, you know, before your current organization, it's always good to, to create some context. Awesome. Yeah, so I'm Samantha DeGenero. I am head of growth working on Demo, digital infrastructure for moving objects. And my career has really run the gamut of industries. I started as a B2C marketer with a specialty in direct mail early in my career, sending 5 million pieces of mail a month for a very successful healthcare startup called Script Relief. And it has been really very interesting to, to move with the markets. So I started out understanding that direct mail was not going to be the end-all be-all, but it was such a great training ground in terms of really understanding the customer and understanding the value of each interaction. I've always been an early stage marketer, really seed to growth stage period of the business and enjoy that ability to wear all the hats. You kind of have to stick your hand in everything. You don't get to stay siloed out in one channel. And even the business itself hasn't determined all the channels that are going to help propel it forward. And I've worked in finance, healthcare, beauty, commerce, and now I'm in web three. And Demo really spoke to me. I had was on the edges of Web3 years ago and past bull runs just because being so in the startup world, you kind of couldn't avoid it. But as a B2C marketer, I never saw a company that really resonated, kind of just didn't see how I could convey the messaging to regular people. I had worked in so many industries that really spoke to everyday needs, real world values. And when I saw Demo and the work that the team has been doing, I said, wow, I could, I think I could sell this to anybody. I think I could tell my neighbors about this without necessarily needing to show the complicated wires, but just tell them the things that they're going to care about on a day-to-day basis. Yes. It's, it's so hard to explain sometimes products when they get complex to like the layman. <laughs> and so having that ability or having that a product that is pretty easy to, to explain it always, of course, makes a big difference. So Tell us about the company. So digital infrastructure for removing objects. What does that even mean? Yes, what does uh, that in, mean? <laughs> in today's world, we have, you know, we have, most people don't have just one car brand in their driveway, yet the car brands very much see themselves as these siloed, walled off kind of fiefdoms. And when it comes to technology, that's just not how the average consumer interacts with technology. You want to open up one app, have that be useful for you, whether you're getting in your pickup truck or your sedan, and whether you're using your car or your husband's. 
And because of the siloed nature of the companies and the data, that has really limited adoption of existing software experiences for consumers in the automotive industry. That right now is just kind of like a nice to have. It would be great to have an app that tells you more information about your car, but in the future, interoperability is going to be very important to enable not just better experience for drivers, but the technology for the cars to speak to themselves as we talk about software-defined vehicles, self-driving vehicles, the more connected that our cars become, the more the data is. And when that data doesn't belong to you as the owner, doesn't belong to you as a service provider, just belongs to the manufacturer, it creates a lot of barriers. So Demo is building an infrastructure that is open and allows anyone to own, access, and build with their car's data. Okay. So let's see. I just want to make sure as as the layman, what does that exactly mean for me and my car? I still don't think I understand. (laughs) So so the, the thing that it means, I think there's a couple of great use cases that help crystallize it usually for a lot of people. One of them is insurance. Right now, we know that insurance thinks that your data is valuable. Lots of them will give you a little device to plug into your car and they're gonna track everything you do all the time, no matter what. And you just have to trust that when you get in an accident, they're not gonna use it against you. It's just so great to have that five, $10 off a month or whatever they're providing you. Imagine a world where you had your own copy of that data and you could provide it to an insurance company when you wanted to, maybe only at the time of renewal. So you could say, here is two years worth of information. Use this to give me a quote. And then you can turn on and off that spigot of information and you'd control it. So that's one instance. Another is just when you go to sell your car. Right now, people rely on information like like a car fax, but that is when they go to buy a used vehicle to trust if that car has been driven well, if that car has been maintained, but you're getting a really small snippet with something like a car fax. It's only when they go to get maintenance at a reputable dealer, reputable service provider. If you had access to actually all of the data, you could show someone I don't drive 110 miles an hour. I don't slam on the brakes. You should give me more money for my car. And you can and you can build a really deep profile of the vehicle and also of the driver and their experiences. But the key with that is having it in your control as the driver, not some nameless company that doesn't ever tell you what they're doing with that information. Because there's already a privacy kind of, issue when it comes to data. The Mozilla Foundation did a fantastic article where I think they had a very clickbait headline like your car doesn't need to know who you're sleeping with because cars really can tell that much of a story because where you go, when you go, how long you stay there, that story is very valuable and that data industry is already a massive, massive market. But the average consumer doesn't have any access to both the value of that data from a usage standpoint, but also a monetary standpoint. So that's the other thing that makes Demo very interesting. As a Web3 business, we believe in sharing in the value that's created. And because the data doesn't belong to us, it belongs to the consumer, they are rewarded for their contribution into the network. So 
Anyone on the network receives rewards on a weekly basis. They also receive additional rewards for interacting with service providers in the ecosystem. You can think of it as a new affiliate model, sort of like a Rakuten for the new consumer who really expects a two-way relationship with the companies they interact with. Gotcha. So is that really the big picture or the kind of the forward-looking idea is that instead of like a state farm or Allstate having a bunch of my data about my car and my driving, uh, you know, ways, it's going to be more private. Like I would just have access to that data. Yes. If we want to go like really far out forward looking, there are some people working with in AI and machine learning who talk about these ideas of personal data. I think they call it like a data backpack where you would have, you want to train your own models on your own personal information. So if you don't start collecting your own data and having ownership of it, where you don't have to get permission, like there's lots of stories of people needing to get permission from Tesla to get access to the data that Tesla has been collecting about their vehicle, right? Like it's your, you already paid for it. That should be your data. You shouldn't need to go through hoops to get access to it. If you have access to that data, it opens up a world of possibilities for innovation and new developers to start to make new products, new apps. Right now, to get an app for your car, even something as simple as CarPlay, you have to wait for a B2B business to make a deal with the automaker that you choose to buy from. So like there's, you're not get you don't get very much control. There's not a great market anymore for the, there's not as many aftermarket options as like you think back decades and decades and people would put some extra stereo in their car. The digital version of that has a gatekeeper and that's the lecture. Gotcha. But what Digimo is building is that infrastructure. So that gatekeeper is no longer necessary. Right, right, right. That makes sense. Yeah. So kind of turning back to privacy, right? And making that information private to me versus having it available to like the big corporations out there, right? Who can potentially use it against me, all right? Or or just have my own, you know, data. So I think now that this totally makes sense as <laughs> to so the, the applications and the solutions that you guys are looking, that you're solving for. So I know we talked a little bit about AI and a little bit about the future, but where do you see the company going over the next several years? So the the future within Demo is, I would say, two-pronged. One is helping a mass consumers adopt Web3 without even realizing it. So we've built this protocol on the, on the blockchain. It is, you create an on-chain identity for your vehicle. You are part of the Web3 world without necessarily even realizing it. You receive cryptocurrency tokens as rewards without necessarily even realizing it. So the ability to onboard, we have 40,000 cars so far on the network and the ability to bring regular consumers who are taking on a web three consumer product because they're interested in the features, not necessarily because they're super early adopters who want to dig into the tech or because they're speculators on a token. I think that's going to be one massive part about the future of Demo over the next few years is really being a tip in the sphere of consumer products. It's about creating a the smart home transition that occurred for things like a ring doorbell or a tile tracker demo doing that for web3 devices 
So that's one side of it. And then I would say that the the other part of the future for Demo is the open ecosystem. It's about creating an app store for your car. When I talked about removing the gatekeeper of the auto manufacturer, that also means that it enables a world for creative developers to utilize this data and make their own products, their own businesses, so that individual car owners and drivers have a one-to-one -one relationship. They don't have to wait for it to be adopted by some big corporation. They can just decide they like a developer's app and they're going to try it out in their car. Right. So that's that's good to know about where you guys are heading. Uh, one of the things that I was kind of thinking about as you were describing what Demo does is, I guess, maybe a challenge that I found was like uh, ex kind of explaining or like under like for the end user to understand really the value behind like what your technology does. What do you say are some other challenges in the industry? I think so. And I really appreciate you coming on the journey with me because we are so early. It reminds me of actually when I was at Script Relief, which was a prescription discount program for people without insurance or with gaps in their insurance. And so it's essentially, it was a good RX competitor that was larger and earlier and then was sold and absorbed into Optum. But when we were going through that journey with script relief, most of the country didn't fully understand how inefficient the health insurance industry was. There, It was before the Affordable Care Act. There wasn't a cultural dialogue around, hey, these prices are made up. These prices are unfair. It doesn't make any sense. So when we first started, it sounded too good to be true. And Demo is similar cultural place where we're beginning the conversation around the value of this data, that it should belong to you, that other people have it, they're using it, they're making money off of it, and they're not sharing it with you. And when that becomes a larger, more easily known part of the just the ecosystem or the marketplace, I think it becomes a no-brainer for customers. But right now it is still so early that there's a time where it can feel too good to be true. Wait, I'm I'm getting rewards that I can actually make money off of every week for doing what seems like nothing, but it's the same way as when you go through a Rakuten or a Honey, you kind of quote unquote something for nothing, but it's really just that you're getting dealt into financial deals that have been happening behind the scenes with your assets that you never know, knew about before. Right. Yes. I think it seems like the industry is definitely catching up to that concept, right? Right now, it's still early days, which I mean, makes sense. There's a lot of new things that are technologies that are kind of coming about where you're like, the consumer is still not 100% like sold on it or not 100% even clear on the on like the value, right? It's just a matter of educating the, the end user to understand like, what is the value add of, of, of demo and it's like that for, I think, a lot of a lot of industries now because of, especially because of AI and technology, you know, the AI-driven technology, right? There's it just, things are getting a little bit more complex and <laughs> and the, the okay. days are over when it's like, you know, it was simple, like prescriptions, let's say. <laughs> it is, it's just, I think AI actually is helping that cultural conversation start though, because it's helping people understand the value of inputs. And if you have more data that's of substance to input into something to learn off of, then the that model is going to be worth more and is going to be more impactful. I saw a tweet a week or two ago, somebody showed an Amazon Echo and they said, why do I have 
pay for this device. It's constantly collecting data on me. Why don't they pay me to put this device in my home so that they can collect that data? And it was, it was like this, exactly this is what we're trying to help people understand that if your data is being used by a company, you should at the very least get something back for it, not have to pay them. And that's the current state with a lot of the existing car apps that manufacturers offer. They might offer you an app that shows you a lot of the same information that you would see from Demo, but you have to pay a subscription to keep it active. They're selling it on the back end without telling you or without giving you anything. We're really looking to kind of change that paradigm. And I think that there's going to be a shift in what younger generations expect from companies. Like I do think that some of the younger generations are more in tune with these concepts and they see because they grew up with so much social media, they saw how much money a Facebook made off of their data. They say, no, what am I going to get? And that's where web three and kind of some of the tokenization and the rewards and points programs that a lot of web three companies are offering projects are offering comes in because I truly believe that in 20 years, consumers are not going to put an Amazon Echo for free in their home. Yeah, I, uh, that's that's a very interesting point. It's like, I haven't really ever thought about it, but it makes total sense, right? Why I don't have an Echo in the house because I would, I'm a little bit nervous of, of Jeff Bezos collecting too much data on me about what I say, but that's actually an interesting point. Why doesn't Jeff Bezos pay me to have <laughs> the Echo in the house instead of the other way around, you know, considering that... Uh, you know, with all of the information he knows about me, like he would be able to sell all kinds of products and everything. So, uh, yeah, I never thought about it that way, but you know, you learn something new every day. Um, well, one of our last questions I always like to ask our guests and we touched a little bit about AI and the future is what, what is your prediction for the industry? And that could be specifically for the industry that you're in, or it could be self-driving cars, terraforming Mars, whatever comes to mind. <laughs> So I think that my prediction is kind of what I was just speaking to, which is a change in the relationship between consumers and corporations where, where customers are getting smarter about their contribution to a company's success, especially early stage companies. We're doing with the demo rewards because the rewards will go down over time as more and more people become on the platform, come on the platform. We're valuing, thanking bringing in our earliest adopters because they do help us grow. I mean, it's been amazing the community impact that we I see in Web3 that I haven't seen in any other industry where you put out a piece of social content, it immediately gets retweeted 20 times. Like so many other brands are used to just having to constantly incentivize in small ways rather than getting early buy-in from your most loyal, excited customers and actually bring them into the fold where they have rights. They get to have with our, with our token, you get governance rights. You get to be part of the future of the protocol. We can't just change something completely overnight without involving our customers. And I think that that those principles that exist within web three, I believe those are going to become the norm because people are going, you know, I often use the example of Delta's airline reward miles, because when people say, oh, crypto, it's made up money. Third point, airline right. reward mile also made up money and people do crazy stuff. They fly to Japan to get extra miles, right? And, and not lose their status. But overnight, they can change the rules on you and you don't have a say unless you're 
sitting on the board somehow versus when it comes to crypto as a token holder, you do get to have votes in the governance. And we have proposals that we put out to the community when we look to make changes. Um, I think that's going to create a lot more long-term sustainable relationships between customers and companies or projects in the future. Right. Well, thank you. This was, I loved having this conversation, especially I love talking about what does the future hold and, and how does, you know, changes in privacy is definitely a, a big one. So thank you so much for being here, Samantha. Last question is how can our audiences get in touch with you or your company? Yes. Please take a look at drivedemo.com. It's going to be a lot more succinct than I probably was here. <laughs> um, and uh, you can also follow us on Twitter, Drive Demo. Uh, we also have the Demo Network on Twitter, Demo underscore network. And we have a Discord where you can really get involved in the community and, and learn even how to become a developer on the platform. Awesome. Thank you so much, Samantha. It was great having you on the show. And yeah, bye. Really great conversation to have about privacy. Uh, thanks for being here. Thank you.